0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 38 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud?
1: Doing pretty well, man. Uh, I just picked up a fun, I don't know how long it is. It seems like it wouldn't be that long. Cool new game on that uh, Game Pass, Super hot.
0: Oh, that is a super fun game. Uh, Yeah, it's not super long.
1: It didn't seem like the sort of game that would be super long. I remember seeing uh, like some development ads for it ages ago, and I was like, "This game looks very cool." And then I kind of never gotten to play it, and uh, I picked it up today, and I got to play the first like half an hour of it, and it's real neat.
0: Yeah, I played it. uh, I played. I, I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. One of these days, I should remember that we actually have a like Mark maintains a running list of everything we've talked about on the show. So I could actually just have that list up and reference it to make sure I'm not repeating myself. But today is not that day. I did play that game. I bought that game after, like, months of hemming and hawing about it. And then I finally was like, dude, this game looks great. I've been wanting to play it for ages. I'm just going to spend the 20 bucks on it. And then, like, three weeks later, it was the free uh, Xbox Gold game of the month.
1: Oh, no way. You know, I dropped my Xbox Gold. I just, like, I temporarily have it, like, right now. And uh, I probably will not have it again very soon. But for now, it's a, it's a good time.
0: Yeah, while well, you're on break still. Anyway, uh, you know what else is a good time, Dave? It's episode 38 of Kekisou Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Back, Alright? Imoyokan Life.
1: I a- said... <laughs> <laughs> such a weird title for this one.
0: I I checked like, it like three it. times to make sure that I was not missing a word.
1: Nope, yeah, that's it. Having watched having watched the episode, like I can see how the title does make sense. It's still just a weird one. It's also a very very good episode.
0: It is. I was I was trying to think like is this a Backstreet Boys thing, but it's too early uh for to for Backstreet to have been back, all right. Uh cuz because this episode Original aired date was... November 8th, 1996. It was written by Yoshio Orisawa, And of course, you can watch it along with us on the DVDs or at ShoutFactory.com. But of course, Dave, before we get to any of that...
1: I would have just turned 14.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Well, I would have been, what, 12 then, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. How time flies. Anyway, Dave, uh, as always... You know what else flies? Through the heavens. There are five stars. What is our first star of the week?
1: So, Matt, our first star of the week is uh, Dungeons & Dragons. So you and I and uh, my wife and our sister Katie have a long-standing, actually pretty long-standing game at this point. Long-standing, highly intermittent.
0: Right, I was going to say, saying that it's a long-standing game implies that we've played it sometime in the last year.
1: We did play it sometime in the last chronological year, chronological and calendar year, but it was about the last time that Katie visited was when we played because she uh, she visits about once a year and she visits for like three or four weeks, and that visit is coming up, and so I thought to myself, you know, do we want to stick with the same game that we've been playing, uh, or do we want to kind of? Kick around some new ideas. So I've been kicking around some new D and D concepts. All right, that I wanted to throw out, and uh, and you can chat about. It. And if you're a d and D person, feel free to uh, to feel free to use these. So the first thing is this: I, after years and years and years of like DMing and playing in games, I have come to the conclusion that well, it's fun to do like a four noble heroes meet in a tavern kind of setup that it's actually a lot cooler and ultimately, I think, makes for a neater game in many ways. If you decide ahead of time, like, okay, we're going to do this thing, right? And like, we're going to talk about our characters ahead of time, and we're going to sort of make these decisions, and everybody's going to come up with a reason as to why we're here, and we're going to build a game around a particular theme. So here's the handful of things I was thinking about. I have always, always wanted to have a game and to set out ahead of time that that game is going to take place more or less in its entirety in, like, a given environment.
0: Oh, sure, because, like, there are a ton of options, both, like, classes and races and stuff, that are really cool, but straight up just do not work uh, in 90% of games.
1: Right, like there's a uh, there's like a cavalier fighter in for like a fighter archetype, which is cool unless you're any place you can't be on a horse. Right,
0: unless you ever go into a dungeon, which is usually one half of the game.
1: Yeah, so uh, I thought it would be really cool to have a campaign that's like set out on the water, like an ocean-going campaign. There's a bunch of uh, class archetypes that work for that sort of thing. It could be cool to have an entirely... Like, under dark subterranean game. Thought about that. Thought it would be very cool to have a whole game set in, like, a giant primeval wood. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, like a huge forest, and you just sort of are always in the forest. So I thought that would all, any of the, like, literally any of those would be very cool.
0: Yeah, I like, there there is stuff that rangers and druids can do that are basically useless unless you're in the woods all the time.
1: Right! And so I just, you know, like, a lot of those things are very cool, and they're cool enough that you'd be like, I would play a whole character just based around this thing. Like, okay, you know how I walk to work every day? Yeah. And uh, it's winter here in Cleveland. It's been unseasonably warm. But normally when I'm walking around in winter, I think to myself, you know, man, everybody sort of, like, reads over the part in, like, the subclass where you get the mystic ability where, like, Snow and ice is not difficult terrain for you. But that would be a really amazing power. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> right? Like, it's ice and you're just sort of, like, sprinting along. Like, it's no problem. It would be incredible. So, I thought about that. I thought... This was sort of a side thought. I thought it could be fun to play a sort of, like, mouse guard-inspired game where you tran- slash, like, root, maybe... Where you translate all of the standard D&D races into, like, woodland creatures?
0: Ooh, I I will tell you, Dave, that does sound super fun. Uh, There is a Root tabletop RPG that was recently very successfully kickstarted that I ordered, and it has not yet arrived. So I will say we can absolutely do that, but do not spend, like, you don't have to spend a bunch of time translating D&D into it. There is already a game.
1: No, I, this would be a very quick like translation. It would just be I feel like dwarves would be badgers. And then like if you want to play a badger, you just use the dwarf stat block and that's kind of that's kind of as much effort as I feel like I would put into it. Gotcha. So, the third thing I thought of that would be really cool is if you played a a group of people who were like really trying to break into the making magic items game.
0: So, like, you're, you're, like, artisans and merchants?
1: Well, yeah, you're, like, adventurers, artisans, merchants. And so it's a game about, like, getting your workshop. Well, and, of course, in D&D, like, if you want to make a magic sword, you can't just, like, bang out a magic sword. You have to go and, like, find the reagents and all of this stuff. So, like, there's still a lot of adventuring going on, but there would be a little bit more, like, down- like the, the importance of your downtime would increase a lot. Because you'd be like, what are you doing with your downtime? It's like, well, I'm trying to find a buyer for this plus one magic sword we just made. Uh, And I thought that would be cool. And I thought it would be a different fun game. Would be, you know how in every D&D game and like every fantasy setting ever, you're always like, you're raiding ancient tombs, right? Sure. Like you're, you're finding ancient artifacts from like a bygone civilization. Well, at some point, Somebody had to make those, right? Sure. Like, at some point in, like, the ancient primeval past of Dungeons & Dragons, there was just a first society, and they didn't have ancient tombs to raid because no one had built tombs yet. And I thought it would be really fun to play a game wherein you are the first heroes of that first society. And you're, like, fighting dinosaurs and stuff. I don't know what you would do, but... Well, yeah, I'm not really sure uh, exactly how that would work, but I really like the idea of... Because I feel like there's going to be
0: a lot of dragons and not so many dungeons.
1: Yeah, so it would just be, like, dragons and dragons, and then you would have to build the dungeons? I'm not really sure. This is all very nascent ideas. And then, of course, Matt, I think I mentioned this before, I do have some ideas rattling around for how you could play Gundams and
0: Dragons... Which does have a real appeal, I gotta be honest.
1: It does. So basically, here's what I've got. Uh, in Gundams and Dragons, you are the, like, descendants of a civilization that, like, like settlers that crash-landed on a giant world. Where, like, you're very small and everything else is, like, very, very, very large, okay? And so, what you do is that you all pilot Gundams, and the gundams have a character class okay. okay so like your player only has one of two character classes and it's like pilot or technician and then you pilot like a fighter gundam or a cleric gundam or a wizard gundam right
0: dave the words wizard gundam are very appealing to me
1: right and then so basically like you're and then you know you're sort of leveling up your gundam and that's how you're leveling up your your character, but then you're also getting some side abilities for like being a very good pilot or being a very good technician or something like that. So anyways, that's just kind of what I've been thinking about a lot recently. What, Matt, is our second star of the week?
0: Uh, second star of the week, Dave, is that uh, it. I mentioned earlier that we're both on break still, and that is because it is the holiday season. Uh, yeah. We Happy just,
1: holidays, everybody.
0: We have just enjoyed Christmas, and actually today as we record this, it is New Year's Day.
1: Yeah, we're a little bit late, and uh, we'd had a vague idea that we might get an episode out last week, but we we didn't. We well, didn't. You know, we were just very busy. It is Christmas yeah. time. It
0: happens. Yeah. Um, I like there are not a lot of great jokes about the fact that it was just Christmas and New Year's, but dude, Merry Christmas, everybody! Happy New Year's. Yeah,
1: Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, yeah, there's just all sorts of. Man, there's actually like a ton of holidays that happen right around this time, and I don't know all of them, but if you celebrate one of those, I hope it was great. Yeah. <laughs> um uh,
0: I, so... I, I am currently recording on my new mic stand, which is very exciting. So oh yeah. I, I no Mom, longer have Mom to haul for my some old desk. Suggestions no, on I'm, that.
1: I thought you would be excited about it.
0: Very excited, because that means I don't have to haul my old desk back into my bedroom to set up my old uh mic arm anymore. Yeah.
1: Before this Matt, I made a pot of coffee with that great new coffee grinder you got me. Thanks oh, I'm very glad much. To hear it. Yeah, the kids have been going just absolutely nuts playing with all of their presents. It's been great. And I went to bed yesterday at like ten o'clock, which is how I like to do it.
0: Oh dude, my I have been having the opposite experience. Like if I have a vacation that is longer than a long weekend. Like, I just immediately revert to staying up till two in the morning and sleeping until 10. Like, that is just my body's natural state, I think. So, outside of other things, that's just how I operate.
1: I am very much with you. And if I had my druthers, I would absolutely be doing that. But my children wake up between six and seven, kind of regardless of what happens. So, it's just not like it's just not worth it. To stay up past ten o'clock because I just wake up exhausted. I did have cassoulet yesterday, which is my Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving, my New Year's Eve tradition, and uh it's my favorite dish in the whole wide world, and it's delicious.
0: Very nice. I think I might treat myself to a nice lunch today because it's my Ooh. today is my last day before I have to go back to the office, so mm. I may like have a one last hurrah, take myself out to lunch. Uh, Do it. Hit celebrate. that Larder
1: place. Tell me how it is, again. dude.
0: I'm thinking about it. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So that is our third star of the week. Dave, what is our... I'm sorry, that was our second star of the week. What is our third star of the week?
1: Third star of the week, Matt. A little bit of movie talk. little bit of movie talk. So Star Wars came out. It's come out. I have managed to see it. So in my mind, if I've managed to see it, if you wanted to see it, you've seen it. Right. And so I feel like we can just talk about it.
0: Yeah, uh, we are going to talk about Star Wars. We Just skip forward a few minutes if you haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, like, okay, very briefly, I thought it was great. It was very much a Star Wars. Like, there was Force Lightning, and there were lightsabers, and there were some very good lightsaber fights. And then, like, uh, there were spaceships, and those spaceships shot lasers at each other, and lots of things exploded. I was pleased as punch.
0: I, I felt like they... My take on it was that they spent the first half of the movie, like, introducing a bunch of things that I really didn't like... And then they spent the second half of the movie trying to justify their terrible decisions and actually make it all work. And I think that they mostly succeeded. That is that is my sort of overall take. I think it I think it worked harder to be the last of nine movies than it did to be the last of these new three movies. And I think some stuff got lost in that shuffle, but like overall I can dig I that. Enjoyed it. I
1: can dig that. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Here's Here, here are my can,
0: can I tell you my other thought, Dave? Please do. I have this idea, and I I feel like I can't quite thread the needle on it. Like, I can't figure out exactly how to explain it. But it feels like The Rise of Skywalker and Spectre are kind of the same movie. Like, in...
1: Ooh, okay. Like,
0: in both movies, like, things from the previous movies that seemed to be building to something are now very suddenly like still building towards something, but not the thing that it was building to before it revisits a lot of like each of them revisit a lot of uh, ideas and themes from previous films in the franchise Um, in both instances, like the big bad from way back in the day in other movies is now here for with kind of no explanation and is like all of a sudden in charge and the big bad again.
1: Okay, and also Here's there's the and also there's weird out. and
0: also there's weird family stuff. The, like, the only thing I'm gonna yeah
1: throw out is I wonder if you want to reserve that to say that the rise of Skywalker is like the new Bond movie that is about to be coming out. Because just based on the trailer, it seems like there's going to be a lot happening there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, The thing is, I watched Spectre like twice on that. Like a, I watched it like twice over the course of a weekend because I had to record an episode of Spectre about the movie Spectre and then talk about Spectre for three hours. So I was thinking about Spectre a Matt. lot. And then later that week, I saw The Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, man, there is something here. Like there is connective tissue between these. Like Matt,
1: Matt, I wish I could help you out with that. I haven't seen Spectre in, I saw it like one time ages ago. So Rise of Skywalker, here's, I've got, as I said, I really liked the movie. I had two problems with it. My first problem with it is when they go to the planet and like Poe runs into his old smuggling buddies. And there's like a person there and we're clearly supposed to care about her. And I kind of don't at all. And that has actually been something that I feel like the three, these three films have actually been sort of guilty of. It's like they've thrown characters out, and you can tell by their costumes that they're important. But then the movie never actually bothers to get around to making them important. Uh, So I had a problem with that. And then my only other really serious problem, honestly, is they threw in this peril that C-3PO was in, and never for even a single second did I think that C-3PO was in any actual danger.
0: Oh yeah, that was very... That scene very much felt like it was in there so they could have that in the trailer.
1: Yeah, like it was a total... That was like a giant just waste of movie space. Like they could have eliminated all of that and the movie would have been exactly the same. I, I, and, it, and in fact, probably better.
0: I feel like that character that you were talking about earlier, um, the...
1: I don't even remember her name.
0: I don't know. I know it was Carrie Russell.
1: Yeah, magenta capsules, like whatever that character's like, name is.
0: That really feels like a character that either they ended up cutting three scenes that she was in, and she was supposed to have been more, or they straight up just put her in the movie because it was a cool design, and they're like, I don't know, we'll make a comic book about her next year and let people know what her deal is. Because I know that happened with uh, Captain Phasma in the first movie. Like, she's in the movie, she's in the second movie, you'd never get as much about her as you want, and then they did, like, a 12-issue miniseries comic, like, actually getting into what her deal was.
1: Oh, okay, well, I would check that out. That is actually, uh, the play between the comics and the movies, I think, has actually been pretty strong in the last year, since it's all sort of, like, under one boat now. Mm So anyways, Matt, uh, all of that cool movie stuff aside... Well, we're getting into more cool movie yeah, stuff, co- Matt. More cool what movie is stuff. our fourth star of the
0: week? Here's a cool movie interlude between the stars. Hey. I also saw Knives Out. Knives Out Oh, rules, man, y'all. I really want to see that. Uh, anyway, that's it. Go see Knives Out. Um, so here is another quick movie thing, is that it is now January. And as I referenced a few months ago, I am going to be having January be my Westerns movie month. Like, everybody watches horror movies in October and then Christmas movies in, Thanksgiving, and de- or in <laughs> Thanksgiving in November and December. And I was like, dude, I like Westerns, and there's no time of year that people just watch Westerns. So I'm just going to pick a month, and that's going to be my Westerns month. And I picked January, and now that it's January 1st, I realize I've done very little to prepare for Westerns month. Like, I have just been, like, trying to scope through, like, my various streaming services to see what's on there, but, like... A lot of them are movies that I don't recognize. And a lot of the movies that I was looking for, I can't, like, are not freely available to stream. So here is my request to you, the listener. If you have a favorite Western, let me know what it is. Like, tweet at me because I would like to, like, I would like to obviously, like, see some stuff I've seen before. But I would like to use this as an opportunity to, like, get into some other Westerns that I haven't gotten to before. Uh, so if you have a favorite Western, get at me.
1: Dave. So, Matt, quick question. Yes, if so, I guess here is my my one big question about this: is are you only accepting like how pure is Western Month? Like, if somebody suggested, if you hadn't seen it, which I know you
0: have, but if somebody suggested that
1: you watch, like, The Seven Samurai, is that in
0: or out? I would say The Seven Samurai is out. I mean, The Magnificent Seven is obviously in.
1: Right. Well, I mean, like, that's kind of my question, right? Because there are a lot of things that are in, in many very important ways, like Westerns, that are not actually Westerns. You know what I mean?
0: I think I would be more inclined, if I'm going to dip outside of, like, Westerns proper... To I would rather watch something that was influenced by the Western genre as opposed to watching something that influenced the Western genre.
1: Okay, dig it, dig it. Uh, so well, like, I'm very excited, man. You know like I love that Western, like though.
0: You know, like, The Mandalorian, kind of a Western. Uh, Seven Samurai, I feel like, is not.
1: Yes. No, I got you. I got you. So, yeah, man. Uh, so Matt's on Twitter, and... Matt, I'm really delighted to see. I hope this becomes a long-standing tradition, Matt. I'm very excited about this. Me too.
0: Honestly, I'm just excited to finally have an excuse to rewatch The Quick and the Dead.
1: Dude, I recently watched a couple of clips of that just because like, I was thinking about it. It's a very, very good movie. Very good movie. Everybody is astonishingly young.
0: Oh, it's all... Yes. That's, that is something we're going to have to grapple with.
1: <laughs> so anyways, Matt... Movie talk, Western month, what is our fifth star of the week?
0: The fifth star of the week is that it is January 1st, and do you know what that means? That means... I mean, it means a lot of well, things. Well, it means a lot that's... of things. But for us, on the purpose on this show, we need to determine what our new uh, slogan of the year is going to be. Ooh,
1: I have actually been thinking about this a little bit.
0: Because last year, it was uh, get into gear, which I think yep. we figured out what that meant kind of late in the year, but I ended up being pleased with it.
1: Yeah uh we had be excellent to each other be excellent to each other actually made a second appearance because it was just such a good one
0: did it so matt i thought we i thought up your game happened twice i thought you we had up your game oh twice. that's no, no, no
1: up your game then up your game and then be excellent to each other and then get into gear so matt this year i'm thinking i've been thinking just i've been kicking this around let me know what you think i think we should just go with grip it and rip it okay uh, I mean, uh, it that's, just, that's,
0: that's that's got a delightful cadence to it, and I know we. I know it does. Like, it speaks to me. It's the name of an alcoholic levels. Arnold Palmer brand. Uh, it
1: is, but wha- it is.
0: How how would, how would I use that in my day to day life? Like if I'm like this year, if I thought like, okay, I should get this into, I should get myself into a particular gear. That's that's sort of a mindset that I can do. I can I can be excellent yeah. to each to other people. I can I can up my game. How dear brother, do I... Well, do, how, how am I going to grip and rip it? I feel like it's a
1: pretty straightforward process, Matt. Like, it's two. I mean, there's there's two stages. Sure. Stage one,
0: grip it. So important.
1: And, and then stage two, you just rip it, man. Grip it, and then you grip it, and then you rip it.
0: Okay, okay. So... It, it, okay. So, so like, so you, think about a... So, Think so you've about got like, it, right? It, yeah. It, so it is, there, it is it's on the table.
1: Uh huh. And what you need to do is grip it. Step one, and then rip it. Step
0: two. Okay.
1: Yeah. So like, if you if you have like a personal goal, you say to yourself, like, I really want to. This is every this is everybody's goal every year. I really want to get in shape this year. Sure. You would take that goal, get in shape, and you hydrate, would gr- positive vibes yeah. only, and you would grip it,
0: and then you would rip it. Is what you would do. Okay, okay. Uh, see now this what we we did we did have a discussion of a different slogan at some point. And I'm trying Oh, I remember what it was. Twenty twenty. Please go register to vote. Now Oh now yeah that's,
1: that's a very good slogan. Twenty twenty. Please for the love of everything you deem holy, go vote.
0: Right. See now that is that's a good one. I feel like it's very important. It's only—it's not only as punchy one, as grip it and rip it's not it. Quite as punchy, and it really only involves one act, but also very achievable goal.
1: A very achievable goal, and may have the side effect of like saving the republic,
0: which would be cool. Yeah, I mean that would be fun. So now, okay, why don't we? Why don't we circle back around here? Because that is a goal, right? Yeah. Now you can grip that, and then and then subsequently. You can rip it. Yeah. So I think. Rip and rip the vote.
1: Gr- yeah. Like, if we stick with grip it and rip it, I think if we remind people that, as a sub, like, one of the it's in this case is the vote. So it's, I think it's, that would be a very. So it's, it's, and so it, it can a, apply to so other things. So it's a
0: three step process it's remembering that voting is important, and then gripping it, and finally ripping it.
1: In that particular... So, in in all cases, it would be a three-step process. Like, you need to identify an it.
0: Sure. Then grip it, and
1: then rip it. Solve for X. Grip X. Rip X. Yeah. I love it. I feel very strong about this, Matt. 2020, grip it and rip it.
0: Yeah, get after it, folks.
1: Speaking of getting after things...
0: Yes, uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 38 of Gekisou Sentai Car Ranger... And we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, so episode thirty-eight starts. Okay, I think this is my fault because we didn't have an episode last week that I was surprised in the beginning of this episode because the episode starts with the reckless emperor. Oh, sorry, the reckless dash emperor exhausts, electrocuting all of barbarian. And President is like, hey man, what uh, what's going on? Why are you electrocuting us? I thought we we were your new bros. And I also thought, hey dude, why are you electrocuting them? I thought they were your n- new bros. Uh, then he reminds both them and me that the reason he is doing this is because they failed him so miserably in the previous episode.
1: Yeah, uh, if you don't recall, in the sort of same way that we didn't, he had sent them a giant paper craft uh, robot called Nosheron 12 and they were to use it to defeat the rangers uh, and right as they were about to do that inventor grotch had forgotten like one of the arm pins and uh, the arm fell off and they were unable to defeat the rangers and uh Reckless stand exhaust is furious
0: about this yeah. Now, President Gandamo insists, don't worry, this time we have fixed Norishan 12, um, so everything is cool. Like, And in fact, not only is it fixed, I think that if we pair this giant robot with one of our regular giant monsters, I think together, the combined force of that will be enough to defeat the Car Rangers. So, who should we send Which- down to turn into a giant?
1: Let's give credit where it's due. This is, I think, the most impressive piece of, like, strategic thinking that we have seen from President Gainemo. Now, that's a pretty, it's like,
0: it's a pretty low bar, because the strategic thought here is, why don't we get too big thing? Like, it's not that brilliant, but it is displaying some sort of ability to learn from past failures.
1: So, uh, we go from there to Dapu. Actually, they're down to the Ranger base and Dapu is giving a classic. He's got the classic pose, like an inspirational speech, which means he's sort of like walking around with his arms tucked, clasped behind his back. Uh, which I, I don't know if there's a manual somewhere that just that just says that, like, this is how you have to do it. But he does. And he's like, listen, we defeated Nosharan 12. Things are going well. But we need to continue to try hard. Like, the Bozark aren't going to let up. We got to be careful. Because if you remember from uh, last last episode, his big concern is that the rangers were sort of like resting on their laurels. So they had a near defeat. They did pull it out. But Dapu is sort of uh, capitalizing on this to say, like, listen, guys, you really got to, you know, we got to stay on it.
0: Right, and don't forget, like, now the Bozok have this deadly new patron in the Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust. We need to show no fear in the face of this enemy and, like, really, like, go for it. And all of them say yes, and they all put their hands into the middle to have, like, a team cheer. Then somebody counts the hands and realizes that somebody is missing.
1: And the person who's missing is Yuko. (laughs) She sort of pops up with a uh, like a newspaper like a magazine or something and she says guys i've got hey, i don't know i don't know quite how to tell you I, this i hate to
0: ruin your moment
1: i hate to clearly you're doing a whole thing here but uh i might not be in the car rangers for much longer At which, of course the other rangers are like what now and she says listen i i was reading my i was reading my horoscope in this newspaper and it says that at like 10101 on on january 01 or something right. at first street in in on avenue 1 at one first street in area 1 like i will meet i and everybody else i guess who has this i just thought about this i will meet my destiny and yes. so clearly all that that can mean is that I will meet the love of my life, at which point we will obviously get married, and that I'm just not, I'm not going to have time, guys.
0: Right. It's not that I'm sorry. It's not that I don't care about our mission. I'm just going to be so busy with my new married life that will happen immediately, <laughs> as soon as I meet this person tomorrow. And
1: so she just kind of leaves. <laughs> She's like, bye. Yeah.
0: So we we cut back to uh, Barbarian, and as I mentioned, President Ganimo would really like to pair up Norision Twelve with a giant monster, but Grotch pipes up and is like, "Hey, um, well, bad news about the giant on the giant monster front. We
1: do actually have a small problem."
0: Right, I, I went down the other day to stock up on some Emoyokan because we ran out, and. The store that we buy it from was closed. And not just like closed for the day, it had a sign that said closed for further notice. So, and we're seeing all this in like a, a back, like a, a backflash.
1: Yeah.
0: Or a flash and he back. says, that sort of, so
1: we see, yeah. So we, so we see Grotch and he sort of like dips around the side and he, he peeps in the window and we see the proprietor, Mr. Emocho, which I did not realize. I think Emocho is his name. Like, it is both his name and the name of the shop,
0: I believe. That like to be it is Emochos. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, discovering I that for not... the first time. Yeah, like <laughs> I had never mentioned this before. Well, uh, to be fair, maybe it's one of those things like, that to this point he has not been a major character.
1: Yeah, well, maybe it's one of those things that, like, if you are like a native speaker, like if you're if you're Japanese and native speaker, like it would be very clear that that is this dude's name and also the name of the shop. But we, I had no idea. So. Grodd sneaks around, and he's spying on Mr. Imocho, and he, what he sees is that Mr. Imocho's like, he's sitting there next to his wife with his head in his hands. He's like, I'm so, I'm so tired. Like, I'm just so exhausted. I I have been making emo Yokan, like, nonstop for 50 years. I just, I'm just beat. Like, I just can't. I'm retiring. We're going we're going to close the store.
0: I'm just like i like I'm, I'm I shocked, cannot man. make one more it. of these things.
1: So, first of all, so we then we go back to Barbarian and everybody's flipping out. They're like, "Oh no, what like how are we going to become giant? What are we going to do?" First of all, I do love this. And this answers a question that we had I think in like episode 3, like the very first time we saw some giant monsters, which is is it emo yokan like in general, or is it this dude's emo yokan specifically? And the answer is, it is it is specifically Mister Emocho's emo yokan. Like there's something about it that that turns bozok giant, and you can't just go get like emo yokan from the Seven Eleven. You need this dude's like artisanal brand of emo yokan.
0: I, I yeah, I think we had gotten. Wasn't there a time early on where they tried to get it from somewhere else and it made them shrink instead of grow? Ah, there was... There was, like, a thing. There was was definitely some experimentation, but apparently the the, the final answer is that it's gotta be this guy's recipe. Yeah. Um, And they have never once tried to steal his recipe. They don't steal the emo yokan. They actually treat this guy with a lot of respect, weirdly. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of incredible. And so they're like, I just, we don't know what we're going to do. If we can't get this dude's emo yokan, like we're, like suddenly our entire strategy hinges on this very specific element and like we're, we're boned. So, Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust I, it does not question this at all. He does not ask why. He does not just say, like, no, clearly, like, something else could work. He's like, yep, you guys, you guys are obviously right. You know your business. All we can possibly do is make this man young again. And he reaches with his—and, like, I'm not— sh- I thought that this was supposed to be a holographic projection— I'm not sure. Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust might just be the size of the sun. It's not clear. Because he just reaches out and grabs a shooting star and squeezes it. And it like turns into like a droplet of of energy. Which falls into the BB saloon and then like coalesces into a uh, like a big toothpaste
0: tube. Yeah, it's, it's like a bottle of, it's, it's a tube of, like, skin cream. It's like, here, yeah. I have squeezed this shooting star, now it is a rejuvenation cream, and it will de-age this man so that we can continue to use him. Uh, which is a cold way of putting it, uh, Emperor. But I guess he's the Emperor of all evil, so I wouldn't expect anything yeah. else. Um, and everyone's like, oh, well, look, okay, I guess this solves all of our problems. Who should we give it to? Oh, I know. The ugliest monster alive. Yeah, they give it to. Uh, uh, it is their number one makeup artist, his name is uh, P.P. Uh, Chipudi. Yes. Um. He, Dave, can you? De- how How would you describe this thing's look?
1: Okay, Matt. I because I know that sometimes am... you look
0: up the like the the concept art. Yeah,
1: I am looking at it right now, and uh, I am trying to come up with a way to describe P.P. Chipuri uh, in a way that does not make it sound like I am endorsing the hurtful stereotypes that he is very clearly based on. Okay. So with that caveat yeah, can,
0: instead of I, I feel like at this point instead of you saying anything further I feel like everyone can picture it now.
1: Yeah. It's, um, he
0: is not a monster who has aged well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, he's just he's got a real a real rough look. Um and so he is a makeup artist is his 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 thing. And his mannerisms are just yeah, just like a kind of a hurtful stereotype. He's just like a very effeminate old dude, uh, in a way that doesn't
0: seem doesn't seem cool. Anyways. he's, he's the only monster we've seen with a five o'clock shadow. I think that's true, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think ever.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, let's. Now, now that you have that like vague but upsetting uh, series of images in your head, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so we um, so
1: we go down there. We see uh, Mr. Imoko. I'm, I'm going to keep saying Imoko because it's Imo Yokan, but his name is Imocho. Sorry. Um, so we see Mr. Imocho. He's exhausted. Um, Pipi Chipuri just shows up and sort of just like busts in, and uh, Ume, his wife, Mr. Imocho's wife, not. PP uh Ume is like, what is happening with with your whole thing? What's up with you? And he's like, never mind that. And he just sort of like squirts this cream on Mr. mocho's face. And Mr. Emotro is also freaking out. And PP Chippuris is like, no, 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 no. Don't even worry about it. I ha- It's a gift for you. Like, I brought this cream. You're going to look amazing. And it's like a skin mask, sort of. So, like, the it you put the cream on and then you peel it off. And when he peels it off, it... Uh
0: it b- works as advertised. Yeah, he, he is he's like 50 years younger. <laughs> yeah. Uh he is now what? Like 18, 20 years old, something like that.
1: Yeah, like however, yeah, he's de-aged 50 years. So he is like right in the age range of like the Rangers or like whatever. Uh his wife uh, faints uh, immediately. Yeah, he also immediately just freaks right out and, and just runs.
0: I mean, I get it. He's having a he's having an alarming day. No, it's totally reasonable. Now, I don't know if he is having enough of an alarming day to forgive his actions for the rest of this episode. Yeah, no, he definitely is not. Actually. But he's having, but we'll he's, get having there. A, he's having a strange one. Yeah, we'll we'll
1: get there on you, Mr. Imoko. Imocho. Uh so We go from there to, you can see where this is going, I'm sure, we go from there to uh, Yuko, who's standing at the appointed corner, and weirdly, she's the only one standing there at the appointed corner.
0: Oh, are you suggesting that everyone who's sort of within that same, like, zodiac sign should all be waiting at that corner?
1: Yeah, I mean that's like a remarkably specific thing for an astrology like person to tell you. And so it seems like she can't be the only one in the city who is taking this seriously, but she's the well, I mean maybe she is cuz she's the only one that's there. So she's kind of counting down the time and we're getting sort of like smash cuts between her counting down the time and a now de-aged Mr. Imocho sort of like tearing down the street. In existential terror.
0: Right. And just as the time clicks down to when she is supposed to meet her destiny, he just runs directly into her and they both fall over.
1: Now, I, as a side note, Matt, I need to understand why the Rangers are not investigating this astrologer.
0: Well, you know, that's a great question, Dave, because the the odd thing about this is that either... This is a remarkable coincidence, or there is something to this astrologer. But the, now, the astrologer did not say that Yoko was going to meet her like one true love. She just said that she was going to like meet someone that she was destined to meet, like have some right. great destiny Yuko at that has, moment.
1: Yoko has assumed that it is true love. Matt, wait, Matt, wait. This, okay, this astrology thing, it's got to be tied up with. Because it's the car magic stars, right?
0: Oh, sure. I mean, because all of the... every, Every weird magic thing in this universe is all vehicle related. I At first, I thought that maybe there were like a number of different sources of like weird supernatural power. But as we've continued to meet more and more characters from throughout the galaxy... I am just convinced that everything important in the universe of Car Rangers is related to vehicles and ultimately car magic or like reverse evil dark car magic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm not sure where the the intersection lies. So the Okay, wait, Matt. Yeah. Mate, Matt. This is not an Earth magazine that Yuko is reading. It is a space magazine. And so. Like she's the only one who read it, but like oh, all because across she's the, the galaxy. Only, she's the only
0: one on Earth who has a subscription a subscription to Space Mag.
1: Yes, and so all across the galaxy there are people who are reading this magazine meeting their carmagic destinies at their respective intersections on their planets.
0: Okay. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, listen, we know that Space Mag is published by the uh, Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust. So perhaps, I don't know, because the fact that she was there to meet this guy has screwed up the Bozok's plan. So either this astrology has ma- this astrologer has made a blunder, or perhaps they're like a mistreated employee of Space Mag, and they are secretly working against the Emperor. Ooh, I I really like that. Like That's very super good. deep, like, deep mole stuff.
1: Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay,
0: so... Anyway, you, uh, you, Yoko immediately falls in love with this young old man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what's your name? He's, so he tells her that his name is Imotaku... And uh, there's probably a joke in there somewhere. And he kind of there's like a running gag where he talks like an old person,
0: right? Like he, which
1: obviously is not like noticeable to us, but they mentioned it a few times.
0: I mean, the um, the, the the actor I think is doing a good job of sort of like holding himself like an old person, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's uh, that's and like. I'm just saying, like, I'm not picking up on the freezing that, that they're noticed sure. that they're they're clearly catching. But they mention a couple of times, like, oh, you seem like an old person and that's a little bit weird. Uh but Yuko is, is she's totally excited. She's like, this is amazing. Uh she's like, we should go. Like, we're clearly we're destined to meet. It's gotta be love. Like, let's go on a date. Ibutaku is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, man, sounds good. Like, let's roll. And then we just get a couple of cuts of them, just like on the on some date stuff. Like they go get coffee. Uh, yeah.
0: And then as as this date is, and okay, when I say this, I want you to remember that earlier we mentioned a character who is not in this scene. That character is uh, Mister Mocho's wife. Who he has been married to yes. for fifty years? Okay, so we cut to the end of this date, and Imotaku is like, "Hey, Yoko, you know what I always wanted to do? I always, I, I wish that I could have been a, a baker." And she's like, "Well, you're young; you can be a baker. It's not like you're at the end of your life and like looking back with regret. You can just be a baker." And he's like, "Oh, yeah." Hey, do you want to be a baker with me? We'll make cakes. We'll make the greatest cakes in the universe. It's going to be amazing. Uh, like you and me together forever making cakes. Now, this is a problem for a number of people. It's a problem, I think, primarily for Mr. Imocho's wife. Um, it is going to be a problem for Yoko once uh, once all of this comes to light. But it is also a problem for the Bozok Because the Bozoke do not need him to make cakes. The bozok right to make emo yokan.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So, uh, P-P-C- like, there's sort of Pichi is like looking on. He's like, oh no, like this is this is very bad. And so he just sort of like rolls over and is like, hold up, dude, no, like you need to go make emo yokan. That's why I made you young again. Uh, and they just start fighting.
0: Yeah, like, he shows up, and uh, Imutaku, quote-unquote, is like, Hold on, Yoko, I will protect you from this alien beast. And, like, just starts fighting him. And it seems to go okay for, like, a second. And then, you know, uh, he, it he is a giant monster from space. Like, he's not giant yet, but he's, like, 8 feet tall as opposed to five five. So it's not going great for uh, our 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 a young old man boy. Uh but as he is about to get like the absolute snot kicked out of him, Inspector or Inventor Grotch rolls up, he's like, Hey, uh PP Troopuri. Hey, my dude You cannot kill that dude. We one hundred percent need him. So <laughs> then they're in this weird spot, right? Because Imotaku, aka Mr. Imochan, uh Hez Emocho or, or whatever. That guy. Like,
1: he has no idea. Like, he doesn't know why... Like, this conversation makes no sense to him. All he knows is that there's, like, an eight-foot space monster. So he's still trying to fight. And people Chippurin is just sort of standing there getting hit. Because, like, nobody really knows, like, how to resolve this. Uh The rangers arrive. And they're about to jump in. And Yuko is like no, 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 guys, my man of destiny like, will handle this. It's like, don't get involved.
0: They're like, well, first of all, we, we cannot believe that there actually was a guy here for you to meet. And also we cannot believe that that guy is beating up these two Bozok because they're looking at the fight and you know, the fight is sort of cartoonish. Because they're not fighting back and he doesn't really know what he's doing. But eventually the Bozo retreat because there's kind of nothing they can do at this point. Because yeah. like, they can't kill this guy. And if they try to capture him, like the car rangers are there. So they're like, we're just going to leave and try again later. So they just run off.
1: So it is at this moment that Ume arrives. And she recognizes Imotaku because, like, she did see him once he was transformed. And of course, she also just knows what her husband looked like when he was young. Like, it's the same, he just
0: looks the same. Right. There's a picture of so the she, two of them on their wedding day. And it's like that it's this teenage actor.
1: Right. So she's been running around looking for him. Imotaku recognizes her as just like, oh. Aw, oh, crumbs. This is bad. And uh, Yuko recognizes her as well, because she has been to the shop. And Ume just sort of, like, lays the whole thing out. She's like, yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but a big, gross space monster busted into my house and made my husband 50 years younger, and there he is. <laughs> like, is this true? And he says, oh, man, yes. I just... I was suddenly like twenty again, and I really was not sure what to do, and so I just did this. Right,
0: sorry, uh, Yoko, Yoko faints. Y- Yoko faints and is fainted throughout the, I guess, throughout the commercial break. Because when we come back from the commercial break, uh, they like the rest of the Car Rangers have put like a cold washcloth on her head, and she has woken up, and uh, uh, Imotaku. Rolls over and is like, hey, can we we just talk? Like, I I, I really, I was having a great time on our date. And, like, it seems like he's trying to double down on being young now, even though his wife is there. And his wife is standing, like, 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 right there. Like, not in the circle, but, like, 20 feet away. And just sitting there saying, like, why are you hurting me like this? We have been married for 50 years and weeping. It's a bad scene. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's real rough, man. And Yuko, to her credit, is like, "Yeah, you have a wife, though." So right no. there, and well, it's like literally right there. So Yoko goes over uh, and sits down and talks to Ume, and they're like they're sort of t- like she sees her tears and it's like, "Oh my gosh, like this is obviously very bad." Uh, P. B. Chupuri is watching this and he's like, "Oh man, I." This is very bad because I may have, like, overplayed my hand here. And if I do not intervene, this, again, is, like, some very forward thinking on their part. Like, they're going to figure out why we, like, why I did this. They're going to realize, like, why, that we need this specific emo yokon, And if they know that, we're boned. So, like, I have to, I have to intervene. I have to keep this secret. So what he does is he just he just attacks. So he attacks and then they're like, what he what's going on? And he says, Oh yeah, my plan was that I was this was my first test case to see if this worked, and then I was just gonna make everybody super young and everyone was gonna freak out, and that was my evil plan. Right,
0: my evil plan was just to cause a general panic. Which when you think about most Super Sentai plans, like yeah, that's, like, there is no reason for the car rangers not to believe this. That's what most of the plans are. Like, yeah, I'm gonna take one thing, and I'm gonna make it weird. And people are gonna freak out. And then, I don't know, we win, I guess. So they start chasing after him. They're like, okay, well, you are clearly terrible. Uh We're gonna come beat you up. So they chase them away, um he runs we, we cut to signal man signal man is just finishing up his break of standing there by himself uh going back to his patrol of standing there by himself uh, and as he does pp chupuri or chupuri runs past him and signal man is like hey like you you're not allowed to be that ugly without my permission it is against the law which hey I can say that that monster is ugly because I'm talking about a monster costume that somebody made and I am criticizing a television show. But inside the television show, Signal Man, you are just being hurtful.
1: Yeah, that's an awful thing to say. Um... You should
0: never tell someone they're so ugly that it is illegal. That's a bad thing to say to someone, even if they're a monster from space.
1: So, uh, he's like, oh yeah, how dare you say that? And he's sort of like... PB Cheapery has now realized that maybe that wasn't such a bad plan, and that he could weaponize this cream. So he like shoots a blast of of this facial o- man. There's no, there's no weird good. This is all bad. The, the, the
0: rejuvenation. So o- he, shoots... he, he He weaponizes the rejuvenation ointment.
1: Thanks, Matt. He weaponizes the rejuvenation ointment. You're welcome. And then just squirts like a big load of it all over Signal Man's face.
0: Dave, I worked so hard. I gave I gave you yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes, he does, and then Signal Man says, Oh no, it's fine. I actually don't need that because I have like a perfect smooth skin from like robot space. Uh but when he, right, when, uh... when he peels the stuff off, it does not matter that he did not actually have like skin that needed to be rejuvenated. He just magically transforms into a child. So this stuff is not like A thing to make you seem younger. It is just a thing that, like, takes your body and sends it back in time 50 years or whatever. Yeah.
1: So, uh, now there's, like, Kid Signal Man up in... Up in the mix. Um... There's a fight. Uh, this is actually very cool. I didn't notice until a little bit through the... Like, the Rangers are there, and then they get in the fight, and then they're just fighting. It's a wumpers. Uh, it's a... Yeah. Yeah. This is a sort of Yuko-focused fight, and they switch up the theme song in the background, and it's like a lady singing it. Yeah, I thought that I was, thought was very was cool. Which was a cool touch. Uh, so, Peepee Cheepery is like, he's a lover, not a fighter. He's trying to fight. It's not going very well. Yuko jumps in, and uh, he tries to blast her with the rejuvenating ointment. She does like a shield spin. So it kind of bounces off and, uh, and then she just blasts him and, and that's it. So uh, they summon Noshiro on 12. They summon VRV Robo. Uh, things are getting crazy. And then we see, we go down to street level and we see Ume, uh, the wife, and she's running. And she sort of trips and Imotaku is there and sort of sees this happen. And as Ume trips, she drops this big package of Imoyokan that she had made. And uh, Imotaku runs over and he's like, dude, it's Imoyokan. Just like, it's fine. Just leave it. We got to get out of here. And she says, no, I can't. Because these are the last Imoyokan that you and I made together. And if we lose them, like somehow this will be symbolic of our 50 year bond like, disappearing. Right. Like, so these Imoyokan are special.
0: Yes. So he's like, okay, Sure, and he picks up, like, they pick up a few of them, and then they run to safety, but Inspector, or Inventor Grotch, rather, has been listening to this, and he's like, ah, aha, that means that that's the good stuff, like, I can use that now to turn this fight around, so he grabs it, and instead of saying, like, hey, Pee Pee like, eat this and turn giant, he just turns around and jams it into Pee Pee mouth, And uh, And who clearly... Yeah, you could tell that he was not planning on being this involved in the fight.
1: Yeah, he's like very clearly being kind of forced into this. Like, Grouch is just sort of jamming it in his mouth. But once it's in, he like glows red. And it, it seems to also be like, it's a giant potion. And this hasn't come up in a long time. But it also seems to be sort of like a berserker potion. Kind of. Right,
0: once they take it, they just start, like, even... They, they, yeah, they just get back in the fight in a very big way. And this guy, who was not in the fight really to begin with, is now, like, ready to roll.
1: Yeah, uh, it's pretty, I mean, and then from there, like, it's pretty fast. Because PP Cheapery is, like, so ineffective that even with the fight, he's actually, he
0: he loses the fight. Right, so what, what, what ha- so surrender shows up. But, like, he's kind of stumbling, because when we go inside his cockpit, Signalman is still in there. But Signal Man is, like, Signal Boy right now, so he can't, like, reach all of the controls and pedals properly. And so, Sirender is, like, there, but not really working up to his full potential. So, he's yeah. fighting Norishan 12, while VRV Robo is fighting PP Chipuri. Pvchipiri has this uh, rejuvenation ointment, and he's like, "Okay, I am going to, you know, I don't know, shrink that robot somehow." And he's aiming it at it, Cyrender, and VRV Robo sort of like hops in, grabs it, and redirects it. So instead, it hits Norishan twelve, and then an incredible thing happens, Dave.
1: Yeah. Uh No. Is the it turns. It deages, but of course it's a robot, so what happens is, is it deassembles itself and just turns back into papercraft. Yes, uh,
0: it, ter- it like it goes back into the original box that it was from.
1: Yeah, um... And <laughs> then it explodes. Right,
0: cause like, well, okay, it needs to explode right now for a good reason, because in a minute, if it hadn't exploded, we would be in trouble again. Um, but like, it explodes. Zelmoda, who had been piloting it, is, like, kicked out onto the street. Um, and then the fight is basically over. Like, it is time... Ty- like, VRV Twister... Or VRV Robo pulls out the Victory Twister and shoots PP Chipuri uh, 100,000 times until he dies from explosions.
1: Yeah. And then, um, and then we get a nice resolution, which is the smoke that, like, rises from his burning corpse has some sort of reversing effect so like signal man is back to normal mr emocho is back to normal um everybody's and that, and that every, is why it is cool. great
0: that nori 12 blew up while it was a cardboard box because otherwise it would also go back to normal i assume
1: yeah so on um, and then from there like things are cool like we go back to emocho mr emocho's emo Shop, Con- emocho. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a big long line and he's rejuvenated. He's like, Let's make Imo Yokanagan. And then uh Which... and then the Rangers are there and they're like, Hey Imo, Taku and he's like,
0: Oh
1: that was a bad right. thing like, that I did.
0: He, like the both of them wave to the car rangers in a way that was like, You are a reminder of our worst day. Hi friends.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and the
0: ending of this episode is weird, right? Because on one hand, you're happy for him that, like, he is safe and alive and he and his wife have worked things out And their business is back on track and they're more popular than ever On the other hand, now he's just making Imoyokan again, which is terrible for the Car Rangers and the world at large
1: Yeah, um, I don't know, It's it's weird, uh
0: so anyway, so that's, that's the end of the episode. Of course, Matt, it's not the end of our episode. No, of course not, Dave, because first we need to determine where Pee- Cheaputty falls in the Creature Royale. And I think okay. it's pretty low.
1: It's very, very low. This, it's been a very long time since we, we had a monster that was so bad that they effectively defeated themselves. And they're at the very bottom of our list, and it's uh, Father Magnet and Baravacuum. Uh, and they're only not at the very, very bottom, because they're still better than General Cactus and Baron Nightmare, who are both, like, sort of horrifying and gross. And I would say that I like both Father Magnet and Vacuum a lot better than Uh Yeah,
0: I totally agree. Now, there's another person down here at the bottom of the list who is... What is this, Baragard? Dave, who who was Baragard? And why is he, like, this far to the bottom of our list?
1: I gotta be honest, Matt. I do not remember...
0: Matt, I tell you, dude. I am looking at a picture of this guy. I don't know. I
1: I don't remember this dude at
0: all. He is just a whole... Oh, Baragard is the protector of Empress Multiwa during a scheme where she tries to seduce the male O-Ranger on her side in order to try to get the Mecha from them, appearing as a Maltese dog before transforming to its true form when she is revealed to be behind it. So is, is Baragard the thing that was the dog?
1: Maybe, and I think we hated that.
0: I mean, clearly we didn't love it. It's at the bottom of the list. Yeah.
1: But anyways, uh yeah, so I guess I would maybe put I guess I'd put PP Chipuri above that.
0: Sure, why not? We'll throw him a bone. He didn't want to get killed. I mean none of them do, really, but he didn't even want to be in the fight, really. So I'll I'll, I'll give him that like very small nod
1: yeah so uh down at the new spot 175 sorry four is pp cheapery and that Matt is gonna do it for us
0: before we finish up here i'd like to remind you all you can email the show at super at gmail.com you want to get any updates on future episodes uh check out what we're talking about on twitter or as a reminder let me know what your favorite western is we're uh, on Twitter at Super Bros. Uh, Dave, if the good people would like to get a hold of you to uh, get in on the playtest for Go Sentai Heroes, your tabletop role playing game that you are developing, how would they do that?
1: So I'm a little bit stalled on it uh, just because I've been super busy, but I'm hoping to circle back to it over uh, the remainder of this break. And if you want to get in on that, the email address is just go Sentai at gmail.com. And I'll, uh, I'll get the playtest out to you and then get you on the mailing list for any future updates as well.
0: All right, uh, folks, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, uh, please remember the Shining in the iTunes review section. There are five stars. Uh, There are also five-star reviews that very nice people have left us. You can go on there and read those, and it will make you feel good about how everyone gets together. To celebrate, to celebrate this show, I guess. That went a weird direction. <laughs> um, uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you would like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.